0: and are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness.
1: Episodes in this season are made possible by a grant from the Charles E. Kubley Foundation, which is dedicated to bettering the lives of those affected by depression. We are solely responsible for podcast content. Hi, Bridget. Hey, Terry. So this episode is on meds, antidepressants, and the struggle to find the right one-or-ones to help us manage and live with our mental illness.
0: Oh, it's a familiar and shared frustration for those of us with depression. (laughs) And we actually reached out to our Facebook community, which we really invite you to check out and join, Mm -hmm. how they would describe their search for the correct treatment. And by far, and I
1: mean by far, (laughs) the most common reply was trial and error. Comments also included, it's a draining process and my mental state does not have the time to waste searching for the right fit.
0: And other people said it took years for me to get on the right meds and I'm still not sure that my current meds are working. And it's a
1: very tedious and long process.
0: I've had everything under the sun over the years. I never had any luck and I don't take any now. Another person said, I refuse to walk around like a zombie. After maybe five or six tries,
1: I finally found a drug that worked for me. And of course, the search for a medication that works can be a lot worse than frustrating. Yeah. It's it's estimated that half of the time, the first drug prescribed fails to work. And many people just give up and say, hey, meds don't work for me. And there might be a different one that would make their struggle more manageable. Other meds, of course, and other people have side effects that make them feel terrible on top of the depression they were already experiencing.
0: Terrible to say the least. You guys, I'm mm-hmm. more than welcome to go check out one of our first podcasts. It was actually my story, and uh, the word was way more than terrible for my my introduction to a new med. It was, and that episode is called
1: uh, Prescription Warning.
0: And the whole effort requires a ton of energy and hope that you just don't have when you're in depression's grip. Plus, let's face it, it costs money and it takes time. You can need to go to the doctor several times. Mm -hmm. You might have to miss work. If it it doesn't work, you have to go back again. To say the least, time and money. Yep. Today, we're going to talk about, I think, a really exciting and empowering new tool that's available to help your doctor to better understand which med and which dosage would most likely work for you based on your specific genetic makeup. So we're talking about customized prescriptions versus the basic shot in the dark approach. (laughs) And even though this isn't an endorsement or an advertisement for any specific test, if you are interested in personalized medicine, we do encourage you to talk to your doctor who may or may not know about it yet, uh, and do your own research. And there are many options out there, several companies. Today, we're gonna feature one of them. And I'm excited.
1: Good. We're also not suggesting that anyone should be on medications again. We are not doctors. We just want to help those of us who do choose to take antidepressants to know we're taking the right ones, the ones that are most likely to work for us. So we begin today's episode with 31-year-old Megan Amaya, who describes her struggle to find the right medication as a literal hell.
2: I foolishly didn't understand it was a serious illness and I, I would tell myself mentally, Megan, you just need to stop being a spoiled brat and enjoy, you know, you have so many blessings, your life could be so much worse, like, how dare you have all the things you have and feel this way about yourself, you just need to get over it, is what I would tell myself in my head, which would force me to go to work.
1: But pushing through without help or treatment seldom works quickly or well.
2: I went through my depressive phase, which lasted six months and was horrific. I wasn't sleeping. I had lost 30 pounds. I had to take a six-week leave of absence from work. There's something really, really, really wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I kept telling my mom that over and over. There is something really wrong here, and I need help, and I don't know what to do. And I'm scared to trust medical professionals just guessing when it comes to altering the chemicals in my brain. I mean...
1: That's scary. But despite her fears, Megan eventually did see a doctor, was diagnosed with depression, and prescribed an SSRI, or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor.
2: Okay, so um, the Lexapro started to kick in, and I felt great. I was like, oh my gosh, I finally feel like myself again. I feel great. I'm ready to go back to work. I feel happy. I want to do my hair and makeup again, and hang out with people and be social. And things just took a turn for the worse. It started off as people said my behavior was different. I didn't really have a filter. I was saying rude comments. I started drinking a lot, which then spiraled into doing drugs, which then spiraled into a lot of other really bad things that happened during my manic episode.
1: Part of the problem was that Megan, like many, was misdiagnosed and treated with depression when she actually has bipolar disorder she became suicidal, was hospitalized, then tried 20 different prescribed medications in a single year, each of which required Same. the 6-12 to 12 week startup period before assessing its effectiveness.
2: So you you know, have those 6-8 weeks of taking the meds that you're prescribed, and then at that point, then you're like, okay, do I feel better or do I not? And then you try something different, and it's extremely frustrating. In this country, mental illness is an epidemic, and we can't afford to be guessing you know some people don't have an extra eight weeks before they commit suicide or before they you know go manic and go overdose on drugs you know so that's just my personal experience and my belief because I've lived it you know I'm 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 honestly very lucky to be alive
1: alive and glad to be but now living with the fallout of her actions during her misdiagnosis
2: but after I was properly diagnosed and properly medicated, I hated myself because unfortunately when you have a mental illness, there's still so much stigma and so much embarrassment and so much shame that, um, and especially on top of all the really embarrassing ways that I acted, I lost a lot of friends a lot of people wouldn't give me another chance to understand that, you know, I was put on medication that made me act that way. That wasn't the true me. And so I, I blamed myself. I would always, you know, cry and say it was my fault. Was that me? Did Was that the Megan acting that way or was that the medication that did that to me? And in my heart, I knew, my family knew, the people closest to me knew that it was the medication, but, you know, acquaintances that saw... All the outlandish posts I was writing on social media, um, you know, there was a lot of judgment.
1: Social media actually played a positive role in Megan's recovery, too. It was there, reaching out to others to learn how they found the correct meds for their depression and mania that she learned about genetic testing. She chose to use Genomine's Genosept assay. If you watch either Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz, you probably saw a recent episode about the test that's described here by Dr. Dan Dowd. Vice President of Medical Affairs.
3: Yep. Yeah, so it's a cheek swab. Um, you run a Q-tip at the inside of your mouth, you mail it to our lab. Um, in a few days, uh, the clinician gets a report back, um, and then that report will identify two different types of genes. Um, about half of the genes are to tell you how you're likely to metabolize a certain medication. So um, if you want to use a real-world example about of us or 8% of us are poor metabolizers of certain medications. There's some medications we just can't break down. And so if you're a clinician, that's useful information. You can identify uh, drugs that are more likely to have side effects. The other branch of genes we look at are more associated with odds of response or odds of remission. So are you more or less likely to respond to this medication for depression? And so taking those two different classes of genes, combining all that information, uh, is designed to improve outcomes, increase your odds of success.
1: Dr. Dowd says anyone can ask their doctor for the test, though the vast majority who do are those described as treatment-resistant.
3: One of the, one of the other things we hear from patients a lot is that, you know, it, it it validates what they've already experienced. You know, we hear patients that have failed multiple medications and after after you after you've failed three or four common medications, you start to question, hey, hey, maybe it's me. You know, maybe there's something wrong with me. Um and and people get the results from this test and it validates what they've known all along, you know. It wasn't me. I did have some type of physiological issue that made me less responsive to this medication. So that's something we hear a lot. It it validates their experiences um, and and it kind of removes some of the stigma around mental health.
1: Yeah, because I would think it would be not only a relief that, aha, I told you that medicine wasn't working or made me feel worse, but also the very fact that your body reacts to a medicine confirms that this is a medical issue in your body and not some failing or weakness or...
3: Yep, it's a biological issue. And the genetics clearly validates that at this point. You know, it's, it's you know, I do, by no way do I want to minimize environmental influence in depression because it's a huge influence. But there is also clearly an underlying biology to depression and anxiety and every mental health
1: condition. Megan's test results spelled out in black and white that the medications she had been prescribed were very likely to be problematic for her
2: that That is a scientific fact, like it says crystal clear that that medication was the worst medication I could have taken, and that it wasn 't my fault, Then my healing process and my recovery began truly
1: so if you 're thinking this kind of information could be amazing and really useful to have, we quite agree, even those of us who believe the prescription we 're taking is helping. We don't really know if it's the best option available or if it's just better than taking nothing. But if you're thinking this is a newly discovered technological breakthrough, it's not. This kind of testing has been used in oncology for cancer patients for decades. And that made us wonder, is the fact this kind of DNA testing has been available, but only recently applied to conditions like depression, just more proof of how differently mental illnesses are approached and treated?
3: I would say so. Yeah, it, uh, until recently, um, you know, mental health was was not considered in some areas as a, a true disease or a true condition. Uh, it wasn't associated with particular biological um, changes or in people. Um, and now, I'm, it, it's it would be hard to debate otherwise, because there's genetics that shows that it's biological. There's brain imaging that shows it's biological. Um, There are biological root causes for these conditions. Um, It'd be hard to argue otherwise at this point.
1: Dr. Dowd says some insurance companies will cover the assay, but the average person pays about $300 for the test. Genomine does have patient assistance programs based on income for those who can't afford that. Megan considers it money very well spent.
2: You can look at it another way. I've stayed at three different psychiatric facilities here in Washington State, and uh, let me tell you, three hundred dollars is a lot cheaper than having a crisis and having to go stay at a hospital, or take an ambulance ride, or um, or or
1: killing yourself. Megan, who, by the way, is not being paid by Genomine to talk about the test, wanted to share her story to help others avoid the long, scary and destructive struggle she endured.
2: People need to know that this is available and it really can save lives. I truly believe that with everything in my soul, in my mind and every part of who I am as a person. I believe this can help people. It's another tool To save lives and to tell people there is treatment available. You can get better. You can feel better. I mean, if people could see everything I've been through and then see where I'm at today, I mean, the people that know me have, some people have seen me through the whole journey and they're just blown away. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how amazing you're doing. And I can't believe it either. I remember laying in bed and you know, having suicidal thoughts and not being able to even take a shower and not eating and not sleeping and just being in pure misery 24-7. Like, I, I know what that feeling is like to feel like I just need to die now. Like, I can't go on like this. I can't live another day. People don't have to experience and go through what I went through because now that I'm on good medication and getting therapy and properly diagnosed and I have awareness and education, I'm thriving and I'm doing better than ever. I feel great. Yay, Megan.
1: Yay, Megan. It is so nice to hear, isn't it? You just like breathe oh. a sigh of relief because that is one hell of a journey.
0: And it's not a straight line, you know? So it's not like you can just open up a book and walk the steps as, mm-hmm. as her journey is a great example. Mm-hmm. You and, and just having a, another tool to choose from brings great solace to me. Oh. And it's actually a tool, Terry, that I didn't realize this until later in, in the research, that it can help your doctor optimize treatment decisions for more than depression. Mm-hmm. It's, it can help with anxiety, OCD, ADHD, yep. PTSD, autism, schizophrenia, chronic pain, and even substance abuse, just to name a few from their list. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a great tool. Absolutely. I, I think it should be more widely available, and I hope the cost comes down, though. You know, as Megan said, if you have $300, it could be uh, very well spent. Absolutely.
0: And the time that it takes to go slowly on, see <sighs> if it works, didn't work, slowly, slowly off. off. I mean, mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. that's
1: Absolutely. That translates to money in my mind. It does, and you just give up. You lose hope, and losing hope is, you know, very, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. so we'll link to the Genomine site again there are other providers of the test um, and you can google to find out what they are right and i want to try it yeah i want to try it too i definitely do i definitely do because it'd be and it would be interesting for us to see if they're the same because we're genetically related or if we come up with something different yeah Mm -hmm. okay then i'll let you try it first (laughs) you can pay for it (laughs) maybe we'll go in
0: on it okay you're darling thank you for sharing your experience with us megan
1: And thank you, Dr. Dowd, for your expertise. Bye, Bridge. Bye. We hope that these shared stories
0: bring out a little more understanding or help people articulate their experiences of depression a little more clearly or more freely.